0: welcome to call your girlfriend a podcast for long-distance besties everywhere
1: do you mean a podcast for socially distant friends everywhere
0: a podcast for all of us very very far from the people we love in many places around the globe like truly <laughs> I'm, I, I mean not to so <laughs> oh i was gonna say no just kidding i'm ann friedman hi <laughs> This intro gets more and more relevant with each passing week. That's all I have to say about <laughs> about our intro. <laughs> like, when have the long distance besties been more everywhere? Truly, like truly, truly. We, we've we've been doing this podcast for how many years only to see this intro really come into its own under the most difficult and tragic of circumstances. I like, know that is the truth.
1: And and Aminatu and Gina original queens of social distancing. What's on the agenda today? Well, for the agenda today, one very delightful thing. I spoke to friend of the podcast, Sam Irby.
0: Ah, a- I'm so ex- sorry. I'm so excited about this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a super fan. <laughs> I mean, super
1: fan is only scratching the surface about how we feel about Sam Irby and this family. She is iconic, simply iconic, delightful, and amazing writer. And honestly, like a wonderful human being. And so I like I just feel so honored that she would take the time to speak with us.
0: How would you describe Sam's work? Uh, like humorist, essayist, a general, like hilarious phenom? Like, I don't I, I don't know. These are my words, but
1: I mean, the mother I never had, the sister I <laughs>
0: the friend everyone would want
1: (laughs) right sam's body of work truly is delightful because on its face she writes these very humorous essays that are about the human condition i would say (laughs) everything from talking about the gross parts of your body to talking about money and being poor and being depressed and being mentally ill all of these things but i think that if you hold all of it together it's actually a very generous body of work about how to be a person in the world Sam has a new book out um, called Wow. No, thank you. um, That is just as funny as everything else she's written. I would say a little bit more tender. And for someone who writes so much about, you know, not having their life together, she is an incredibly like confident writer. And I think it's the perfect recommendation for this moment of pandemic because Who doesn't need a laugh and who also doesn't need to be reminded of like other problems in life? She writes about, you know, like lust, her marriage, aging, chronic illness, her um, what she calls detachment parenting from her two white stepchildren. It is hilarious. And so right now.
2: Hello, Sam Irby. Amina. This is like the highlight of my life talking to you. I'm uh, trying to sound very chill because I know like we're not allowed to be excited about things anymore, but <laughs> I'm so <laughs> excited to talk to you. Listen,
1: I um I know like you said that we're not excited we're not allowed to be excited about things, but this is definitely the highlight of the pandemic for me. So I am gonna be excited about it. Oh my
2: god. Okay, great. I'm excited too. It's how are you doing? Girl. It, <laughs> <laughs> it feels
1: like everyone, you know, like in the disaster movies, how there's always um, there's always a scene where everyone is just living their lives normally before the world falls apart. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's what we're living in right now. Yes. But sustained, you know, it's not like there's a monster that's coming or a meteor is going to hit us or, you know, that people are just going to breathe on you and you're going to die like a tuberculosis. (laughs) You know, there's this, like, this is not what's going on. But I just feel this sense of dread. But at the same time, Sam, can I be honest? Yes, please. I am sleeping so well. Like, I've never slept this well in my life. And I was like, it really took a disaster to make my brain so tired that I just sleep every night now.
2: I was just about to say that this feels terrible to say, but like, it's really nice to look outside and not see any people. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like, Oh man, no one's knocking on the door and like no one's shouting outside. And I don't have to like be worried about who's, outside doing things that could be like harmful to me I mean this is awful but I'm like oh I can relax a little bit like my anxiety has kind of gone down and I don't know what that says about me or my level of mental illness but I've actually been like less anxious lately which um is good I think it's indicative that there's something like deeply wrong with me and I'll have to investigate that part later. But like, for now, I'm like, it's, I'm (laughs) chill.
1: Listen, I know that we are joking that you have a joke job and by extension that I'm trying to get a joke job, (laughs) Um, which is, you know, what like being people who get to write and like say how we feel for a living feels like, Yes, but I have to say, Sam, that- your work is really important. You know, it is really important. The way that you write about mental illness and the way that you write about your body, the way that you write about money and the way that you write about just the way the world is, I think gives a lot of people permission to, to feel like themselves. And I think that you do it in a way that is funny and in a way that is very self-deprecating, but you do it in a way that is very powerful.
2: Oh, thank you. That is thank you. I was about to deflect that compliment, but I'm trying to not do that now. Yes,
1: just receive it and bask in the awkwardness of it and doing that. You know, like, when we <laughs> hang up, you can mutter in the mirror, I hate myself, like I do every <laughs> day. Anytime anyone, anytime anyone says anything nice to me, that's what I do. I'm just like, oh, I want to die.
2: <laughs> um,
1: but you know what? We are, we are all growing
2: up here, so let's accept the compliments. Okay. Uh, accepted, received... Believed. I'm not believed, but received. <laughs> believed was too far. I couldn't let myself like say that, but received. And I'm trying to believe it. That's real. Well, how does it feel like to have a book out
1: in this weird moment?
2: Um, It feels, I mean, so in general, the promotion part of the book thing, which you don't think about when you're like getting some jokes off and like you know congratulating yourself for being so clever, you don't think about the the getting it into people's hands part. And in general, like when it's not um, I am legend times, <laughs> it, it, it's like awkward and feels like it's. I'm not a good salesperson. I had a job for like five minutes trying to sell vacuum cleaners once we'll have to talk about that another time. But I essentially like on the first day, this woman was like trying to get me to like pitch her the vacuum. And I was like, I don't know. It sucks up dirt. Do you want it or not? And that was the end of that job because I'm a bad salesperson. So like convincing people to like buy my, books about like diarrhea and sadness in general is hard, but now it feels (laughs) like especially frivolous. I think the one good thing is that it's funny and it's not about communicable disease. And so I have a leg up. Like if I had written (laughs) contagion or whatever, (laughs) (laughs) was out on the like the zoom tour or whatever people are having to do to sell books in this time i'd be petrified especially if my book didn't have any solutions to the contagion but now it's it's awkward but it's also like well if you're stuck inside anyway you may as well laugh about like my daily embarrassments and so far that has been like a pitch that I feel comfortable giving that hopefully is working, but we'll, s- mean, we'll see. I
1: mean, I hear you. People have a lot of time to read right now because you know that my pet peeve is people who don't read books. I'm just, I know. I can't believe I have to share oxygen with those people. It's just <laughs> it, nothing annoys me. And I was like, okay guys, we have a once in a lifetime like opportunity for everyone to stay home and read.
2: And you know what? Some people still not gonna read. No, they are going to watch every terrible, like the thing at the very end of like the Netflix suggestion, like the thing that nobody is watching, people will watch that rather than read a book.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's so real. Well, let's talk about your book because... I, um, obviously read it in one sitting because it was hilarious and you have not lost your, um, your blog voice. A lot of people have lost their blog voices in 2020 and like, you do not suffer from that illness.
2: No. Isn't it weird when people like try to get smart and like, you know, sophisticated in their writing? I do not, I, I do not have that problem.
1: I can't do it. I can only do the thing that I do very well, which is Instagram captions. So when I give you a book, it'll be 80,000 Instagram captions.
2: That so is that's what, you know. what I want. I screenshot your story. I probably have more screenshots of your stories <laughs> on my phone than I have like pictures of my cats which uh, is a lot. well sorry for all the typos
1: it's, really, <laughs> <laughs> it's like i see them and then i don't care to change it i'm like no, no one's paying for a copy editor up here that's hand. right the thing with this book that i was so i i was so eager to read it because i was like how is she gonna top the last book slash also you're 100 percent like iconic now and so <sighs> You know, it's the kind of thing where I'm like, how is she still going to try to be like a regular person, but I'm seeing her (laughs) up in these Hollywood meetings. She got that first book money, that first book success, you know, like all of the stuff. And I was really just curious about how it was going to work. And it worked.
2: I'll tell you what, I've been in many Hollywood meetings where they have pretended to love me. And it's like a series of first dates in which you're like, oh my God, we totally clicked. Like they they really like love me for me. And then it, they call my agent later and are like, mm, <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so oh my I, gosh. I've left a lot of meetings being like, mm, they're going to give me a show and then gotten the call later where my agent who was like, very nice. It's like, so uh, they have some similar projects and they're going to pass. And I'm like, ah. Uh, uh. Would well, they knew they had similar projects before I went and sweated all over their seats. But, but okay. they wanted to give
1: you a water bottle. They wanted to give you a water bottle yes. with the logo of their company on it. So yes. that's why you're in the meeting.
2: I take the water every time, but I never drink it because... I never want to have to pee in one of those places.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so like, I always like end the day with a tote bag full of like HBO waters or whatever. <laughs> I was too scared oh to drink God. in front of another person. Um, so that like, so there's zero Hollywood like glow up happening for me. And I am still like, just stupid enough to like constantly get in my own way. So like, I like made some money on my book, but I didn't realize like how taxes work. <laughs> 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 so hard to be like, you know, sadity or whatever when I'm on a payment plan with the IRS because they caught me and were like, um, Hey sweetie. So cute that you like got a laptop and you guys like upgraded your car, but you didn't give us our part and we will put you in jail.
1: (laughs) Donald Trump always gets his money. He always gets his money.
2: I know. And the letter, like they're very nice. They're like less scary than you expect the like government to be yeah the irs envelope
1: the the irs envelope is scarier than what's inside the envelope yes i think a lot of people don't realize this also they only talk to you in the mail so that's why you get so much mail from them
2: (laughs) yes i the first like the first gotcha bitch letter that i got (laughs) (laughs) was certified and like the mailman who is like so nice did have to like beat down the door because he knew I was inside and just ignoring him. And I come to the door and he's like, yeah, Sam. So this one looks important. (laughs) And I was like, okay. You know, i signed for it. And I'm like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm." The other side of like the freelance success life is that you need to be responsible and like you know pay for the roads and schools which i'm happy to do i just didn't realize it so it's hard to like feel like i've uh, accomplished anything when i still am getting in so much like dumb trouble
1: <laughs> i mean like, listen, i, I feel keep you. myself
2: down to earth by never reading any fine print, never knowing any rules before I get into anything, ignoring all the clauses on the contracts. <laughs> 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 <Yes>. Your agent <laughs> is
1: listening to this screaming. I know
2: I know he knows. He I mean, he's always he does this thing now where like I'll always you know how like a friend, you have to know this, how like a, somebody, you know, it's usually never like a close friend, but somebody, you know, will be like, Hey, can you do this thing for me? And it's yes. like, Oh, Ugh. okay. That's yeah. That's easy. And then you, then, you know, two months later, they're like, mm, Okay. So I need you to do this thing for me. But you know, before we do it, just like throw a little docu signature on, <laughs> do a little docu sign. On this thing. And and then we can get started. And I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. Internet person. Yeah. Uh huh. And then, you know, they're like, I will throw a check for $1,000 in the mail for you. As soon as you do that. And I'm like, great. Yeah, give me that $1,000. And then I do it. And then realize I have signed all of my rights Okay. Oh, <laughs>
1: right. They're like, hi, now I own your entire yeah. life's body of work. Your children belong to me. Yes. Your, like everything. Yeah. You can't, you got to read the contract.
2: I, well, so now my agent is like, I don't care what it is or how small it seems. Send me the contract or I will murder you. And I'm like, okay, okay. So at least I've stopped doing shit like that. But all of that stuff like keeps me extremely humble. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love this. Well, what are you not humble about though? Because I see that your, you know, your face cream situation looks very luxurious.
2: Well, you know what I do is I look at people's like profiles like they're into the gloss or whatever and I'm like, "Oh, She uses that or, oh, this Instagram person uses this. And then I buy the stuff that they have and (laughs) put it all on my (laughs) face. Your face is very smooth though. So it's working. Listen, I'll send you a list. It's very short because I'm lazy. So I don't do, I don't do a whole lot, but it works for me. A little retinol and moisturizer and wow, like big guns the big guns yes I just turned 40 and you know all of those articles that are like 40 this is what you need to do for your face now and every single one of them is like put some retinol on. but it. is that true for us and by us I no mean the melanated- for blacks no we don't I mean uh, we blacks and browns can like you know all I do is like eat pizza and like drink diet sprite and my (laughs) skin is fine but I do enjoy like the ritual of putting things on my face I do like in a very limited way to feel like I have cared for myself and like face care is like the easiest way for me
1: that's fair. I'm the only one in my family that has bad skin. Like everyone else is just like smearing pizza oil on their face and they look amazing. Uh-huh. Meanwhile, I have an entire routine and I'm struggling. And my grandma used to always say that it's because I had all those white friends. (laughs) (laughs) My grandma grandma was like savage. She was always like, yeah, she's like, it's all those little white friends you have. And I'm like, that is not a real diagnosis of anything that's going on in my life. I'm also the only person in my family that gets a sunburn. And my grandma said that it's also that. So it's very,
2: it always makes me laugh. Oh my God. Well, so I have a lot of white friends too. But my skin has been pretty good. But okay, here's here's my consolation. The rest of my body is like decaying, even though I'm still alive. So like good skin is is like the one thing, the one like way in which this cruel god has spared me is to be like, okay, your joints are gonna buckle on you, but your face will glow <laughs> <laughs> listen it's
1: working i i'll take anything i can get at this point because yeah. who knows when we are ever going to leave the house again
2: i know i mean you know in 18 months when we are freed from our prisons we will all be like <laughs> infants just like blobby soft with zero like hyperpigmentation
1: I, amen, amen, in 18 months when we can leave the house. (laughs) You write in this book a lot about raising your stepchildren. Like, I love it. I love just everything you write about your blended family because there's so many ways to be a family. And I think in the honesty with which you talk about it, it makes me feel hopeful about having a family instead of all these like, you know, perfect weird fake family things
2: yeah. and so
1: I just like wonder how do you talk to the kids about the writing that you're doing like had they like do they read your writing do you show them you know like stuff <laughs> in the book that you're saying or are you literally like you terrorists are gonna get what you get
2: yeah I'm pretty much like you terrorists are gonna get what you get um they so they would love to be featured Like by name and have every single one of their antics detailed in (laughs) my books. They, I mean, truly, they would, if they could sign permission slips, they would immediately. But I am just like, okay, they're, well, one, they're not mine and they're not mine to destroy, right? Like, I, I know that parents think that they can, like, ruin their children. And I guess if you give birth to them, you can. But these ones, I cannot, like, I can't imagine 10 years from now, you know, <laughs> one of them turning to me and being like, um, listen, bitch, that thing you put in your book about me destroyed my childhood like that. I I don't want that kind of beef. I don't want to be apologizing for the rest of my life. So I try to, like not say not say anything that would embarrass them uh in the future so they know that I write kind of around them but I don't I mean they're so I am obsessed with sibling relationships and these dudes like are just like Punching each other in the face all the time. <laughs> and like, oh just, gosh. Just, there was, I mean, there was a moment, this was like a couple years ago, where the little one got a megaphone and was just walking around the house saying terrible things about her brother. And she was like, he's a butt and he smells like diarrhea. And I was like, crying, laughing. And I would love to write about that. But then I'm like, you know, this bitch is going to be 22 and being like, um, Sam, you really made me look terrible. So I don't, I don't want I don't <laughs> wow, want that. Protecting
1: the innocent. I love I'm, it.
2: I'm trying, even though like they would love it, but I do like my wife's name is Kirsten and I do let her read things like before I submit them and she has never I mean even when I slander her she has never uh said oh you can't write that or you know that that's too much. I think I, I have a pretty good um handle on on what not to say about someone I'm I'd like to have a relationship with in the <laughs> <relationship>. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, thanks, Amina. I know how to stay married. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, um, my my wedding advice book, which is coming out, will basically just be called uh, "Try not to embarrass this bitch if you want her to talk to you in ten years." Oh um, my gosh, please! I want to read it. I will. I will write it. You know what's what's nuts though is like I have mostly shielded them from, like, my persona and my, like, you know, they're not, like, tweeting or whatever, but uh, the boy just got Instagram and started following me. (laughs) And, like, I didn't really think about, he's 14, but I didn't really think about, like, what that meant until, I don't know. I, I posted some like disgusting thing in my story and he messaged me and was like, ha that's funny. And oh, I was like, no. Oh no, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Um, I will say though, that despite like how, uh, humiliating it is when like, you know, your stepchildren find out you're like a disgusting pig. um, He was incredibly impressed that I was like verified and had a lot of followers, which I I wish I wasn't the kind of person who needed young people to think I'm cool, but I am and I do. And so when he came to me and was like, they call me Sammy, he was like, whoa, Sammy, you you have a lot of followers. That's dope. I He, like, he was like, outside of this house, you have clout. <laughs> yeah. He was like, uh, in here, we don't give a fuck about what you're talking about. But uh, on the internet, people pay attention to you. That's crazy. And I did like levitate a few inches off the ground. Like, because a teenage person, like, thought I was cool. And some of his friends follow me. And again, I'm waiting for the PTA meeting in which, like, someone pulls my wife aside and is like, listen, you need to tell that bitch you live with to block all of our kids. But until then, (laughs) it, uh, it, like, it did make me feel very cool. I was like, oh, I didn't feel like I accomplished anything until these teens told me they were impressed by something I had done. And then I felt like pretty good. I have a 12-year-old, almost
1: 13-year-old in my life that Ooh. recently I was walking on the street and then I ran into her and her friends. And she introduced me to her friends as, this is my friend Amina. Amina. Ooh. And I lost it. I was just like pretending to be cool, but the minute that she did it, she shot me a look that was like if you fucking embarrass me, you like you're dead to me. And so, I literally had the look of someone who was having diarrhea on the street like at the, at the same time. Because I was trying to process the enormity of her introducing me to people as my friend Amina and also like fully understanding that if I didn't act
2: cool in that moment, my life was over. Yeah. When the children have friends over, which is a new, it is a new thing for me to be living. Cause I grew up like with just my mom for the most part in tiny apartments, like the kind of places you would not want to bring friends over to. So this whole thing is new to me, like not only living in a house, but living in a house that children run in and out of and their friends run in and out of all the time. There's always some smelly, oily haired, like mopey teenage boy walking around who doesn't actually live here and i'm like who what are who is oh okay all right yeah i guess you belong here um but like when those kids are here and they're like oh sam uh saw saw that saw your book in the bookstore it was pretty cool i'm like (laughs) oh my god but i have to act like i don't care right i just have to be like uh yeah don't drink all the cokes but then in my <laughs> heart, I'm, it's like exploding.
1: With. You're like, dog, I, I saw my book in the bookstore too.
2: <laughs> its I mean, it's, it's like insane how young people redo. I go right back to like feeling like a sophomore in high school. And they don't know, like they can't, obviously they can't read my mind, but I really am like, You know, when all the cool kids are over here and they're like, they're like, Sam, uh, what are you listening to? That sounds cool. I'm like, nothing. You've never heard of it. But then inside, I'm like, oh, my God, the children think I listen to cool music. (laughs) (laughs) It's, It's like the best, worst grow up <laughs> but also i'm like this is extremely validating for me thank you seventh grader for making me feel good about myself
1: the only people in my life whose opinions matter haven't taken the psat's yet like that's <laughs> like squarely the zone in which i'm like these are the people that
2: i need to think i'm awesome everyone yes. else i'm like i don't care 100 percent. and i have the luxury of like not being their mother. So I don't have to like yell at them or make sure they choose the right college courses. You know what I mean? I don't have to get involved (laughs) in any of those decisions. Like I don't have to make sure their braces are right or that they get vaccinated, which is like a huge relief because what do I know about any of that? But I do get to like, make sure i know all of the cool stuff which is like that would make me pathetic if i was their mom if i was like hey so what are you guys listening to oh brock hampton huh cool like if i was their mom they'd be like get out of here but because well one i'm black and two i didn't give birth to them they're like oh you're interested in what we're interested in well now you're cool too it's really you know like people say you turn 40 and you stop caring about things but like I turned 40 and not only do I still care, but I also care about the opinions of people who don't have money and truly like can't do it. (laughs) They are dependent on me to eat, but their opinions of what I choose to do can like make or break my day. It's disgusting, but also incredible.
1: (laughs) I love this for you. You know, one of the things that always jumps out at me so much in your writing is how the subtext is almost always about an insecurity that you have. Yeah. But I find that you are easily the most confident person, like, or confident-seeming person, because of the things that you choose to talk about and the way that you say them, and also you're just a badass. How are you reconciling both of those things?
2: I think the choice to or I don't even know if it's a choice as much as it's a compulsion to like be honest about things. I truly don't know where that comes from other than this place of like, if I lay myself, like if my, if I lay my feelings like nakedly before you, please love me. You know, I think that's like where the openness comes from. And also because it, like I truly am just trying to like make friends you know, with people I've never met, right? I want you to read my book and feel like we're friends because I'm needy and I obviously wasn't like loved enough or what whatever whatever Freudian reason I have for like being so desperate for love from people I'm like well I will give myself to you and hopefully you'll love it and hopefully you'll like recognize something of yourself in it because that happens a lot too when people are like oh man I didn't thanks for talking about uh being anxious because I feel that way too and I often feel alone in it so I'm just trying to be like you're not the only one who Uh, feels alone. So that's, I think, where I don't know if it's confidence as much as it's just like, here's everything I am, let's laugh. Hopefully you feel some of it too. Hopefully it makes you feel less alone. And like, and reconciling that with being, I mean, for me, I think being insecure and open are just two sides of the same coin like mm-hmm. it it feels like it comes all from the same place almost like a uh, like the insecurity is like a poison I just gotta get out of me and hopefully by getting it out of me, other people like see it, recognize it, relate to it and like embrace me for it. Did that sound dumb? That seems
1: dumb. <laughs> I'm, I'm literally like tearing up over here. Not only does it not sound dumb, it is really lovely. Uh-huh. And I just, you know, I'm just like so happy that I get to be alive at the same time as you because
2: uh, now you're an a like, Where would
1: we be without all of your truths? You know, you. You really are the, like, anti-guru guru. guru. I'm like, I'll I'll come to your church. I'll come to your church. I'll do all the things that you say. And I think that you, um, I think that it's just really generous. The way that you share your life and your stories, I know that to you it seems, like, very unassuming. But I think that the result of it is really, um, you know, like a real deep feeling of belonging and a feeling of just, like, letting go of shame. Yeah. I think that you are like your body of work like does that where you just go like shame is not productive and let's not be ashamed about dumb things. Like just put them
2: all on the table. Yeah. That hiding things. I mean, and this is like the, maybe the real or the impulse to keep doing it is like, we, we live in a way that you can construct uh, who you're, you can project, you can construct who you want to be and then project that to people. And And very few people outside of your real life, like have to know what you really are. And that's so, and I understand why people do it. Like, listen, if I could get away with it, I might try it, but unfortunately I'm going to like meet people and be sad in front of them and like sweat and stammer in front of them. So it's like, well, what's the point about lying unless I never leave my house? But like, I understand the allure of, of sort of creating a, a fake person who who masks who you really are, but like for me, I just think, well, so we have those people, and we can be fooled by those people and feel bad because you're comparing yourself to a projection that someone else, you know, is is creating online. But also to sort of counterbalance that I can be like, listen, you know, my my the circumference of my ankles is like 40 inches. It's not true, but it's <laughs> <laughs> it's close. And like, you know what I mean? And some swollen ankle bitch is gonna be like, okay, great. Cause like I one of my favorite things about Instagram, I love to follow like people with beautiful spaces and people who are organized. Oh my God. And people who like, you know, do, what is it called? Flat lay or lay flat, whatever, where they lay out their shit. Oh and you're God. like, oh I, my I can't God. Plan. I'm like, oh, that, oh that's beautiful. How did she know to buy all those hair products? Do all those hair products work? They look so good together. You know, I love to like look at all that, but I feel I have to temper it. With, with like jokes and memes, number one. And then like people who are honest about like, you know, I, this is the money that I have or the money I don't have. This is the actual body I live in. This is the, the thing. These are the things that make me sad. And like, if I can serve to be that person for other people, you know, people who are like, okay, like they paid her $70,000 for a book. The government got half. Her agent took 15% and she like fucked up the rest of it. (laughs) That's real. You know, like very few people like talk about stuff like that. And it can only, my failings can only like, Serve to make other people feel less like failures. It like if I can do that, then that's what I want to do. Nobody oh. needs me talking about the, be, how life is perfect because mine is not. <laughs> okay. Oprah is shaking. Oprah is <laughs> shaking and crying right now. <laughs> you are coming for her ground. Well, listen, I would love for her to. Even breathe on one of my books while telling people to buy it. <laughs> so bad. Oh I can pay the IRS
1: back. <laughs> Oprah's <laughs> biggest failure, honestly, is not choosing uh, one of your books as her book club picks. Uh, because because I, her book club picks recently have been problematic, to yes. say
0: that
2: least. I'm like, come on, Oprah i mean i guess i would have to i i read that she like works with the publisher whose books she chooses and like i really like my publisher i don't want to leave them but i am like uh could y'all could y'all offer oprah a deal and thus get me a deal Listen, i I will write another book if oprah will sell it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
1: Oprah needs to just stop reading books by white ladies who want to write about Mexico. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I was like, that
2: whole thing. I was like, there wasn't an intern somewhere who was like, okay, y'all, this ain't the one.
1: <laughs> no, if there's no black or brown interns, there's no one who will see it. You know what there I'm saying? Go. Yep. Um, I totally well, do. The other thing that Oprah needs to be reading, honestly, for her own mental health is your newsletter. uh, Because we are right now on, so the newsletter content has been all about Judge Mathis recently. (laughs) Um, Headline, who's on Judge Mathis today? Today was, or yesterday's that I read was number 71. I have read all 71 editions of this. (laughs) And it has really replaced watching Judge Mathis for me because this is so much better than actually watching the show.
2: Now this is my actual heart song. This is this is my crowning achievement. Is this Listen, like I pay for three
1: newsletters and this is one of them. Like I just every time I get the email from Substack where they're like, We have taken your money away, I was like, give that woman everything she needs.
2: <laughs> that is the highest honor. Can I tell so I'm a Judge Mathis fan from way back. I have been to probably like six or seven tapings of <laughs> the show. I won a t-shirt. He didn't sign it, which really would have been like it for me. I won a t-shirt because between cases, Doyle the bailiff. Your listeners are about to be like, shut the fuck up! But anyway, our know, <laughs>
1: listeners don't watch Judge Mathis. I like Doyle the Bailiff is such a like bailiff hottie. Oh first of all. my
2: god, he really he's so tall and he's so like drunk. funny. Uh, he's I mean, he loves smoking weed. He's really he's truly the best. But between cases, he stays in the like fake courtroom and entertains the crowd. And they do a, like a joke telling contest. No. It's, it's so great. Also the audience, if you go on the right day, like they get all kinds of audiences, but like three times when I went, there were, I mean, basically like old black church ladies. I'm talking like Easter suited down to the ground, the hats, the wigs, the makeup on point. And they're all there, uh, there's always at least like one of them that's like, hey, Greg, like trying to get his eye <laughs> from the gallery. And I'm like, Sylvia, you need to stop. He has a wife. There's a m- Mrs. Mathis. So watching that show for years, I've recorded it always. I I just like tweeted and was like, uh Would anybody read a recap if I wrote recaps of Judge Mathis? I'm like, you know, all it takes for me is one person to say yes. And if you, like, I'm like a child. If you, you know, if you clap, I will do whatever the thing is you want me to do. So I just, like, did it as a joke. And then people kept subscribing. And I was like okay, I, okay, this is a thing. And it's like easy for me to riff. I mean, you know, coming up with things organically to talk or write about is sometimes a challenge, especially because I'm like, what am I going to analyze the news? Like, what do I have to say about the state of things? Um, But having a television show that comes on every single day it's like comedy gold I don't need I just insert like a couple of my own anecdotes but there's just enough hilarity on the screen and it just I mean it took off I cannot believe I have written 71 of these things
1: Oh my gosh. I, um, I can believe it. I've enjoyed every single one of them and I hope you never stop because it's the best quarantine content.
2: I will. Okay. Let me tell you a secret. That's not a secret anymore because I'm about to tell you, and I don't know if it's going to happen, but I need everyone to like light a candle. So my sister-in-law works at the law school Greg went to Oh my God, Greg, first name basis, Greg Mathis. Gregory (laughs) Gregory Ellis Mathis. And she's like, she's like, we're going to give him an award. And (gasps) will you like come interview him for it? And I was like, if you do that, I will cancel everything in my life to come to be wherever that is happening and interview him. That's like my new dream now to interview him so universe, do your thing
1: let oh, us out of
2: quarantine so I can talk to Greg Mathis
1: I would risk coronavirus to see that <laughs> and I have not left the house in 12 days
2: so yeah, it, how, how great it, would that be? first of all would be for all
1: of us, for him, for you for me <laughs>
2: Imagine me trying to explain to him, like somebody asked me if I thought he knew that it existed. And I was like, I don't think that, I feel like Greg doesn't really pay close (laughs) attention to the bowels (laughs) of the internet in which I reside. But there's gotta be a production assistant. Chicago is the smallest big city there is. There has to be someone who knows that I'm doing this, who works for him. So I really feel like it's only a matter of time before I guarantee
1: you he knows or someone
2: that knows him very well knows because yeah. people be knowing. People be knowing then. We're gonna make this happen. I don't know how to pitch things, but I'm like, if the if the law school award doesn't work, I will I mean I know people at Time magazine. I will convince someone legit to Person of the Year,
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Person of the Year, Judge Mathis, written by Samantha Irby <laughs> Listen, You said, uh, from your lips to God's ears, if that's gonna happen, I, he would have to really do something to be Person of the Year. But a feature, a feature in a in a in a regular in an off week, I feel like I feel like we could do that. I feel like I can make oh. that happen.
1: I'm going to light my candle right now because you've finally given me something to look forward to for the end of the world. I'm like, this is all, you know, I'm like, God, please don't take us today. I still haven't seen Sam Irby gives Greg Mathis no more. <laughs> I, know.
2: I I mean, it, as long as we're dreaming, I would also really love to like sit in the chair and like bang the gavel one time. But I feel like that's <laughs> That's asking for too, too, too much.
1: <laughs> no, I want all of those things and so much more for you. I also thank want you. everyone who listens to our show to buy and read your book. Wow. No, thank you. Yes. Please. Because it is really like, it is really funny. It is really funny and it is very tender and it's so necessary. It's such a right now kind of book.
2: Oh, thank you. You're the best. Yeah, I can't believe we got the best you. Sam. I can't believe, I mean, I would talk to you for like five hours. I can't believe, I can't believe this is our first time.
1: I know. <laughs> you know, maybe someone will give us a judge show. It'll be like <gasps> Judge Amina and Judge Sam. And we only, I mean, um, we only uh, adjudicate like petty crime. Like yes. it has to be like petty personal crime. So you didn't invite your mother-in-law to meet your new baby. We're like, we're going to bang the gavel on that. You, <laughs> didn't, you, you, know, you didn't wash your roommate's dishes. I'm like, these are the kind of crap <laughs> I'm trying to get into.
2: Yeah, no damages over like $200. Yeah, $150 even.
1: If can, <laughs> only damages to your honor. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm like, this is, this is what I'm trying to do.
2: Okay. Uh, I am going to write the pitch and then I'll send it to you to read. I'll drop the contract and make yes.
1: sure that we don't sell our life right. <laughs>
2: <Yes>. <laughs> oh my God. I can't wait. They got to cure Corona just for this to happen.
1: Come Listen, on. A, Come on. Cure Come cure on. See, see. I cannot live like this. Come on, Dr. Fauci. Come on. (laughs) Do the right thing. Please,
2: Dr. Fauci, please. Let us have our judge show.
1: It's so wild. Well, Sam, I hope you have a great rest of quarantine. Thank you for joining us today. You are the loveliest human. Thank you.
2: Thank you for having me. This was amazing.
0: Oh, what a treat, Sam. Like truly a national treasure. National treasure. I love Sam Irby. Please
1: buy her books, all of them. And um, if you do not subscribe to her newsletter, you are missing out on premium content. So please give that woman all of your money and attention. I will see you on the internet, boo-boo. See you on the internet. You can find us many places on the internet, callyourgirlfriend.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, we're on all your favorite platforms. Subscribe, rate, review, you know the drill. You can call us back, you can leave a voicemail at 714-681-2943, that's 714-681-CYGF. You can email us, YRGF at gmail.com. Our theme song is by Robin, original music composed by Carolyn Pennypacker-Riggs. Our logos are by Canisius Me. We're on Instagram and Twitter at CallYRGF. Our associate producer is Jordan Bailey, and this podcast is produced by Gina.